I'm so excited that you're checking out our On The Couches podcast today. Thank you so much for engaging with us. It means the world to me personally. We put a lot of energy and work into all of this, and it means so much that you are taking time to listen to just our thoughts as we wrestle through scripture, wrestle through uh, current events that are taking place in culture, and wrestle through what is God wanting to call us to and to go deeper. Listen, if you are enjoying these conversations, whether you're listening to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or YouTube, would you do us a favor? Would you send us and let us know that you're enjoying it? You can do that simply by either hitting a review and giving us a good review, or you can do that by writing something in the comments and engaging with us and taking the conversation just a little bit deeper. I also want to encourage you, would you subscribe? Just there's so much content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. Would you subscribe and connect with us and just let be aware of all the other things that we're offering through this uh, ministry that we've got. Today, we're jumping into a conversation with John and Jonathan, both staff pastors here at Movement Church, and we're going to be digging into the scripture found in Matthew 5. I'm pumped as we get into this conversation and we talk through some of the stuff. And guys, thanks so much for, for joining with me again. Uh, it's, I'm enjoying where these podcasts are going and just yeah. the conversations that we're having and, and what's kind of developing. It's, it's fun. And sometimes we're a little too transparent. I mean, last week people were like, are you guys as a staff okay? I think I got a, a message saying like, <laughs> yeah. are you guys fighting? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, do, yeah. the season is really Well, difficult. you've been offered like three job offers. If you come right. work for me, I'll cuddle you. Weird. But it's okay. It's we okay. fight because we care. We fight okay. That's right. Oh, we, wow. We fight because we love. Yeah. yeah that's that all no, sounds the, like abusive conversations. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. No. The, honestly, these this hurts me more than it hurts you right that's now. Right. Why am I crying? Yeah. I have a high tolerance for your pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That these, yeah, these conversations have been really good. They've been. I think there's there's been moments where for me, uh, you're not just not just in season two. Uh, I'm just kidding, but um, where like genuinely like I've actually learned something from mm -hmm. these conversations, which is really really cool to actually be sitting in a place where like as you do a deeper dive into scripture and as you apply it to culture and you apply it to even the current events that we're walking through right now, you're like I'm learning something just from conversation with two or three other people, right? And hopefully this kind of thing uh, is something that we're able to model, I think, for others, because I think that you can glean a lot out of sharing ideas and sharing yep. concepts with other people, right? That's right. Well, and just talking. And, th and this is basically, this is us doing life together, which is what we say all the time you should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. You should be in a, in a watch party or a small group where you're doing life with each other. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I want to talk about just how I've gotten into the sermon series that, that we're in right now. Because I, I want to just kind of, I, I work a lot. We work a lot in series. We work a lot in um, having a plan in advance. Right now with us doing a lot of stuff pre-recorded, I'm two or three weeks ahead in our pre-recording uh, of our message. So I actually preach a lot of messages in batch sets, right? And there's a lot of fun in that for me as a person because I kind of stay in these themes and these thoughts. So I've actually felt like my sermons have been a little bit deeper because instead of going on a week going, I have to prepare a sermon, I have to prepare a, on the couches, I have to prepare a real talk, I have to prepare an email. Like, like I'm actually like, no, this is, I'm in this scripture and I'm sitting in there for a week or whatever else. And so it's been really cool. But we had kind of been in a journey with our, with our sound, with our sound, with our uh, sermons and this walk on water. And, and then I kind of got the stirring inside of me of like, I'm not sure where to go, but I know I'm, I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to be really transparent here. I've been frustrated out of something that took place uh, a couple of weeks ago on Capitol Hill. When, when they stormed Capitol Hill, 
a lot of videos and a lot of pictures showed people waving Jesus saves flags. Videos show people singing Christian hymns at these rallies and then going and storming Capitol. And, and I try not to be a political person. Like my goal is not to be a politician. My goal is not to preach politics from our pulpit. I, I don't do it. Uh, I don't you know preach conservative or liberals or NDP. I, I stay away from all that. I try to stay out of politics as a church. We address real issues here as a church, but we try to stay out of the political game. But when I saw that, my heart broke. And the reason why my heart broke and what created a, a what maybe I'm calling a righteous anger, whether it was righteous or not, I don't know. Nice, but yeah. I, I make Personally defined righteousness. Yeah, personally anger. defined nice, righteousness um, is I'm so heartbroken by the witness of that. Because I feel right now, what I'm struggling with in my own spirit is I feel right now there's so much confusion of what it means to be a Christ follower, right? If you are not a follower of Christ and you're not connected to church right now and your only world to the church world, your only view into the church world is, is, is media, then you're going to believe that churches are fighting the government so that they can, they can stay open and don't care about your safety. Now, truth is 99.9% .9 of churches are not doing that. But the ones that are making the news are the ones that are holding meetings against the law, being arrested, all those kind of stuff. But most churches actually are submitting. But if you only world to church world is, is media, you're going to believe that. If you're only world to church media, you're going to see these people waving Christian flags at a rally and destroying government property. You'll be like, that's the church. And that breaks my heart as a communicator of who Jesus is. You go, man, that's not who Christ is. That's not him. And so what that really did is that forced me to be in a spot. I said, man, I, I feel like we need to wrestle through what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Should we be different? Like, like should that mark of Christianity, like we always say, you know, the Bible says they'll know us by our love. Is that the only thing that separates us, that we love people? Okay. Right? Because I know a lot of people who don't love Jesus but are super generous, are super moralistic, mm -hmm. who, are, who make a real positive difference in the world, mm -hmm. who are people who love. Like, so, so I'm like, man, there's got to be more that separates us. Jesus must have been more than just it's about the cross mm -hmm. and it's about loving others. Like, there's got to be something there. And so that's what really kind of drove me to go, man, out of a love for communicating who Jesus is to our culture, in response to a really bad picture that's been painted, mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to dig in and start wrestling through with our people who Jesus really calls us. And that brings us to Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. Right, this is a message that Jesus is teaching. It's his life message. We were talking about this earlier. It's we have a thing here called movement axioms, where like these are the things that like establish kind of our filter of how we run stuff through at, at our church. Um, this is Jesus's axioms. This is this is Jesus's life lesson that he didn't just teach once in the best sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He would have taught his disciples this over. It would have been the thing like, yeah, we've heard you. Like <laughs> we know this. Like yeah. we, the, the, you've you've driven this yeah. into us. We right? get it till we don't get it. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hundred percent, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, man, we we got to sit there. And so I'm like, okay, great. I we had this kind of three week window where we're like, we we I, I didn't have something prepared for that three week window. So I'm like, I'll do a three week series uh, out of Matthew five, sure. just digging into to what Jesus says. Well, and if you've been watching us on Sundays, I've gotten so far in two weeks. I've only made it from Matthew one to Matthew five verse one to Matthew five. five yeah. Really, really proud five. of you. Yeah. Really proud like, of you. There's, there's forty eight verses. There. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know where this is going. Mm -hmm. I, I just know that we got to wrestle into it, and it's been really, really hitting mm -hmm. me really heavy. Just what's what's happening. What I love is that Jesus, in his ministry and in what we see inside of the Gospels, was was continually addressing culture, mm -hmm. and I think 
what's so difficult as the church and as people who are influential inside of culture to wrestle is it felt like in 2019 addressing culture was not nearly as political as in 2020 and 2021, yeah. right? Like it's in 2019, it felt like addressing culture was probably talking more about social media than it was talking about politics. Um, and not to say that politics was removed from culture, but it felt like it was kind of like politics was its own nice, neat little thing that you could kind of put on the side. And what happened, you know, downtown at City Hall, what happened in par Parliament was like, yeah, if you're into it, you're into it, it's fine. But like, it doesn't seem to have all that much impact on your life. That, that's not entirely true. It's a bit of a facade that we had kind of created because I think there's a generally a underlying feeling inside of culture that like rep representative democracy is kind of dead and mm -hmm. we don't really have the ability to get political. I, I like what you said in your, in your first message of this series that it almost feels from an external perspective that if you're a Christian, you're, you're, in your own political party. Like yeah. Christianity right. is a political party. And I, I think in Matthew five, like I've read it like five times now in like five different <laughs> translations because oh, there's the so much life that I'm pulling out of this series. Mm -hmm. um, it, like Jesus is laying out a manifesto. He's laying out a way of living that's completely counter counterintuitive to what culture says. You know, he says four times, "You have heard it said, mm. but I tell you." Oh, you're way too far down the script. That, I know. That, that's, I know. I'm not even in spoiler there. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert from that's JB. Like Let's seven. go. I don't yeah. know what that's going to be, but yeah. but yeah, no, but well, and to, thanks to what you're saying, Jonathan. Look what, and, and I hit at this I think in week one, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but. There's this picture right now that we want to take Jesus and Christianity, maybe not even Jesus at this stage in, in our point in history, but Christianity and the Christian view as a political stance mm -hmm. that fits our model to push our agenda. Right. And but what's amazing about that, that really, if you're if you are a person who who studies scripture, Jesus fought this mm -hmm. his entire ministry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody in Jesus' time wanted Jesus to be a political figure to overthrow the Roman government. So so like the, just the parallel there, right? Like the disciples, the followers, like again, I talk about this. One of the disciples is called a zealot. He he would have been a religious almost terrorist, right? Yeah. That was a out radical, there. Yeah. the term fanatic. Fanatic. Yeah, radical, yeah. Right? Like but wanted to overthrow. So you take that the people in Jesus's teaching wanted to overthrow the Roman government and use Jesus as the reason. Right. And then we've got today in 2021, mm -hmm. people want to overthrow the American government and mm -hmm. Jesus is the reason. And Jesus, the entire time through his ministry was like, that is not, I didn't come here to win a political mm -hmm. argument. I didn't mm -hmm. come here to help when the Sadducees be right. Yeah. I didn't come to help with the Pharisees be right. I didn't come help let, let Jewish culture be right to let mm -hmm. Roman culture. Be. He's like, I didn't get in this, you're all playing the wrong game. Yeah, like right. that's not why I'm here. Well, yeah. and it's a common thread throughout the history of, of Christendom, Christianity, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like people who take their social, cultural, political experience and they try to make scripture that's right. match their experience so instead good. of allowing scripture and allowing yeah. God's word and allowing the experience that they've had with the Lord to then inform that's right. their culture and their social experience. I mean, we see this everywhere. What's the most popular argument that you have with people pre, probably pre-COVID now mm -hmm. for the abuses of the church? Well, you've got all of the crusades that happened. People point back a thousand years ago and they talk about this whole idea of like the Pope standing up being like, God wills it before millions of people were slaughtered in, yeah. in wars that lasted for centuries. Like, really, like it, it, it's, it's, um, well, we have our indigenous camps and different stuff sure, like that that we did. Under 100%. That, right. What I love about Matthew 5 is that Jesus uses, yeah, Jesus is like, 
he's going to give you this, the face. You've heard it said. You got to believe that like he's thinking about the Pharisees. He's you guys got to stop saying, you heard it said, we're not, that we're just sure, in the sure. Beatitudes. But, That's but, what we're saying. Right, right, right. But Jesus uses affirming language, not yeah. in the 21st century affirming, but like Jesus uses this, uh, this like, this is what you should be. Mm-hmm. Not this is what you shouldn't be. Not this is what you shouldn't do. Don't do that. Don't be that. Don't look like that. For goodness sakes. He's like, be this. And you almost get the feeling like with Jesus as he's teaching this. And for sure, as this is like his life's message, like he's basically saying, be consumed in being these things. Yeah. If you're consumed with being these things, you won't have the energy, time, <laughs> bandwidth to worry about being anything else, right? right? At the end of the day, you'll be so concerned with with being this that you won't be able to focus mm-hmm. on anything else. And I, I, that for me is is challenging as well as inspiring. So I, I want to I want to just talk because something that, when, when, that now this is just fresh. This is just this morning me wrestling through this, going, man, there's something here. Talking about how everyone wanted Jesus to take power mm-hmm. through history. Doesn't and this is honestly this is whether it be Christian and whatever religion there's there's always this push for that religious leader to take power and we're sitting in this spot today. I honestly think that there is a spiritual battle that Christian leaders or or, or yeah Christian leaders face of that ability that we get a little bit sense of power because we lead organizations. Whether your church is 35 people, whether your church is 1,000 people, whether your church is 20,000 people, you have people following you. And that's one of the most dangerous things to ever have, right? Because you can believe your own press that says, oh, you're really a somebody, you're really important, you're so smart, you're, you're a theologian, you're a caring person, whatever. We can allow those things to really feed us mm-hmm. and we can get a, sol- a false sense of who Jesus is is in our lives because we start to believe this power and even crave a little bit of it, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that that's so important for us that, that I want to jump into a scripture verse that I talked about on Sunday, um, one of the, the the third beatitude, okay? Yeah. It, it's this beatitude, um, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and when I counter that one, blessed are the meek, and then I counter it with this drive that so many people have for authority. Like, power sounds wrong, right? Because we, we have, but authority, leadership, mm-hmm. influence, like, I don't know, whatever word we want to put in there, right? But, but they just seem so counterproductive, right? Like I hated, before I actually studied it, I hated the word, like, Jesus, come on, man. I am not a meek person. You didn't make me to be. I am not a doormat that gets walked over, <laughs> right? Because that's that's the picture we have. Right. I'm not a little mouse that sits in the corner, right? Yeah. Like that. That's not my personality, dude. Like I am a leader. I am a. I, I study. I know what I. I I'm going to knock down doors. I'm going to knock down heads. No, I'm just <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to do what it takes to move the gospel forward, right? Yeah. And then you're telling me to be like a meek person. And it was so hard for me when I first read that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even before yeah. I read, wrote the scripture, uh, the scripture, before I wrote the sermon, I was like, "Can I skip this one?" Right. My first thought was like, "I'm just gonna do batches of just like, general statements right? and thoughts." Because you can break them into kind of mindsets. I'm like, "I'll just do." And like God's like, no, no, no. I want you to actually spend some time and study what that what that actually looks like. That's that's when you know it's good is when you right. you struggle with it, right? That <laughs> yeah. means God's speaking to you through your own sermon. <laughs> yeah, I'm preaching to myself right now, yeah. and I don't like it. And I'm probably gonna walk out after I preach this. But mm-hmm. no, I, I love Jesus' statements being so counterintuitive to the human psyche, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you're some people would probably identify with meekness a little bit more easily than others. But I think and, majority and, of us have been trained inside of the norms. 
times, especially of the 21st century, it's like you hustle hard, you make it happen, you right. pop in your own in your own power. Like what what you get, and is I mean, it's capitalism to the nth degree, right? You, what you what you earn is a result of your hard work and your labors and the intensity. Well, okay, I'll spiritualize it. Though we say it here, if I give a hundred percent and God blesses that, how much better is His blessing on my hundred percent than His blessing on my ten percent? Right. 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 And it's good teaching, and yeah. that's why we walk with excellence here. Yeah. It's such a tension. Right? Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think I think the danger we run in today's society with is we all have social media and we have a following. Whether yeah. it's 200 people or 2,000 people, we have a platform now. So we're, we almost see each other as equals, whereas like in a, in, a, in a leadership perspective from a church, like you have, you have an authority to speak on the behalf of God, but you also have a responsibility. 100%. Right? And so we, as, as, as Christian leaders you know, in, in the church, we have a responsibility to only speak oh, come on. Pull on us, behalf of pull Jesus. Pull Spider-Man right now. Pull right? Spider-Man. Yes. With great, With great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. And so for oh, us, like we see things on social media, and we could use our social influence to... Sure to push something in a different direction. Mm -hmm. But the reality is God is calling us. We read the text. It says, Mm -hmm. blessed are the meek. And and I love the imagery that you use that, you know, the, the word that was describing meek was a horse. You know, a horse, you know, it... A stallion. A stallion. So again, stallion. like I said, like that's kind of how Amber describes me too. Right, right. a young, young stallion. There it is. But I mean, the, <laughs> okay. So many, so many different rabbit trails I want to go down right now. I, I remember being told, no, it's not worth going. I remember being told as a young leader that like, Man, you're just such an incredible stallion. And then this guy looked at me and was just like, I can't wait to put a saddle on okay, you. Okay, yeah, let's talk about I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Where are you going yeah. with this? Weird Christian. Oh, but the hey. imagery of a horse, right? No, but like the, so the imagery, much power, sure. right? So much power, but under constraint. And that's that, and right. that's 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 leadership in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You have power. You ha- you could use that to abuse people. You could 100%. use that to manipulate people, or you could use that. Mm-hmm. You know, you constrain yourself and allow God yeah. to be the center of everything well, that you do. And Jesus teaching, like, because Jesus is an influencer in that time. That's that's yeah. why he kind of piques the Romans' interest. They're like really not concerned about it until all of a sudden, it's like now there's a crowd following him. Right. What's going on here? And I love this because I probably would have. Sat there and missed this teaching the first 500 times because I would have been in that exact same place of zealousness of wanting to be inside a culture and Jesus with this influence I've been like man what a leader oh man it's what you got to say and I've been trying to put words in Jesus mouth from my own agenda right and then all of a sudden Jesus gets up and says blessed are the meek and I mean, okay, it wouldn't have been that soft spoken. He's speaking to a large crowd. You know, he would have been projecting his voice. Yeah. But he's not, he's there's no condemnation inside of his tone. There's no, he's he's speaking out these kingdom truths from a place of supernatural divine authority that people don't fully understand yet. But he's like, Blessed are the meek. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, you're missing it. You've got so much influence. Like, say more, say different, yeah. say this. And 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 it's just so counter. I wrote wrote down in the notes here. Uh, as I was studying this, um, just kind of a definition of meek, because I think meek is actually a really difficult word to translate from the Greek, um, and inversely, is not necessarily a word that we use inside the 21st century all that much, right? And I think other um, paraphrases would translate it like gentleness, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, I just wrote down, these are kind of like general uh, translations of the word meek, is like teachable, gentle, patient, humble, willing to submit to proper authority out of obedience. Uh, 
right. not holding oneself as superior to anyone. But mm. inside of the commentary that I was reading from Matthew Henry, he was like saying, it's important to note that in there is no connotation inside of the word meek, or even the Greek word that's been translated meek, as weak exactly. or passive. Exactly. No. Right? And I think immediately we, like even as I say the word teachable, teachable seems to me like I'm submitting to somebody and therefore I'm weaker than them. And if I was stronger than them, I wouldn't have to submit mm -hmm. to them. And there's this like, I choose to willfully submit out of a place of obedience and acknowledgement of, that's good. you know, of this. And, and that's just so, you could wrestle that your entire life and I think still learn something yeah. from that word in of itself. Right? We're not called to be Passover, uh, you know, uh, walked over, walked, walked over. on. We're, yeah. yeah we are called to, to speak truth. We're called right. to live a certain way. We're called to holiness. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but at the same time, we need to have that under constraint. We need to have well, control. Again, what where it set me free a little bit in this one was I I I like to consider myself a strong leader. And right, and, and this isn't saying that you can't be a strong leader. Right. It's saying that you have to be under under constraint. You have to be under submission. You have to be teachable. Mm -hmm. So like I talked in the message about, you know, I think about an airplane is super powerful. But when it's taxiing to the the airport. It's driving at like eight kilometers an hour. Right. It's like it's, like it has all the, of its just capacity. Just because it's driving at eight kilometers doesn't mean it's not powerful. Mm -hmm. It's just put that power under constraint for a purpose. Right. Right. And 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 I'm like, yeah. Or or we were talking about we have a beautiful, beautiful woman in our church, uh, one of our seniors who who was a crossing guard, mm -hmm. right? And I just picture her like she she's beautiful. She's like four and a half, five <laughs> feet tall. Like she's not big. And she will walk out in the middle of that street and have like a stop sign and and put that stop sign up. And like big dump trucks, like big Mac dump trucks will be coming down the road. And she's standing there with a stop sign. And like just because that truck stopped doesn't mean it's not powerful. Sure. Right? Right. It means that it, it just submitted to a better purpose. Right. Right. It, it could have driven over over Arlene and been done with it, but <laughs> but you know it stopped. It submitted for a better purpose to allow the next generation mm -hmm. to walk by and get an education. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Like that. So so it's not that if I'm a person who chooses to live under submission, mm -hmm. that I'm a weak person. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. Instead of, no, no, I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm the dump truck. I'm the airplane. Yeah. But I'm choosing to submit for a better purpose. That's right. And I think, I think in today's society, there's so much polarity. There's so much like, right. you know, you believe a certain way. You have your own bias. You have your own, you know, ideology. And the other side is weak. And, and I think that happens on both sides. All the time. And I think I'm guilty of that. You know, how, how can you think that way? You must be weak. But I mm -hmm. think what God's calling us to here in this scripture... I usually just said you must be crazy. That's just where I'm Right. <laughs> right. But I, I, I think what God's calling us in the scripture to is, is a sense of grace, is a sense of gentleness, mm -hmm. right? I can, I can believe a certain way, and I, and I could know it's truth, mm -hmm. and I could be firm in that. But I don't have to be pushy, right? right? I think uh, in that definition that I was reading through, that in, by no means is my own, but like the one that really hit me was like not holding yourself as superior to anyone else, right? Yeah. right? Not walking into a conversation already feeling like you're right and they're wrong. Not walking into a moment being like, yeah, well, everybody here is important, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, come on, guys, like I yeah. am who I am. So, right? And do it's, you know who I am? Do you I, even I, know who I am? I think we'd have a more unified church if we approached that. Meeting mm -hmm. the other side, mm -hmm. you know, yes, you have your ideas, but if I went, 
not with the presumption that I'm going to win this argument. Right. I think I, our churches would be closer together. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so easy to to talk like to talk that way, and then all of a sudden you jump into an issue that you're genuinely passionate and riled up about, and then it just kind of flares inside of you. I think that is the the crux of Jesus' teaching mm-hmm. is that this is a lifestyle that He's inviting you into. That's right. That is a journey that you're going to have to go on, and you can read this and pass at it. You could read the, you could read the Beatitudes in mm-hmm. probably about eight seconds if you really yeah. wanted to. Yeah. Right. And Jesus is like, actually, I'm inviting you into a lifetime of journeying with me mm-hmm. to have your character transformed from the inside out to be set apart to who I've called you to be and to see that happening. And I, and I love seeing that inside of people who are genuinely trying to have every single day their lives transformed to the image of Jesus yeah. because you see these characteristics in those people a lot. Um, and I'm challenged by those people because I'm also on my own journey and working towards those things. But what a promise at the other end of that. That's yeah. so good. Right? Like, 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 you know, it's like blessed are the meek and you're like, okay, cool. Like, For they're going to inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. Uh, you tell me the people that are teachable and submit to authority are the ones that are going to inherit and, and rule over the earth. It's so counterintuitive. It just you could sit on that for weeks and still to be like, what? And mm-hmm. well, so let's let. But what I think is so easy is it's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I can submit here and submit there. But it, it's what is the church known for right now? We're known usually for what we're against, right? Right. Unfortunately, in a lot of ways, again, not to the church people. The church people yeah. know, but to the to people who don't attend church, we're known for what we're against because because what happens is we get on our hobby horse, we get on on whatever whatever the sin of the day is that's going to create political waves. We we get on that and and we here at, at movement we're like we're we're we have a holiness bend towards us. Like we are we are out of the holiness movement is what we are birthed out of. So oh, so history. Let's right? go. Yeah. Right. So so we believe that there's things that are right and wrong and lifestyle choices that are right and wrong to mm-hmm. walk towards the kingdom of God. Yeah. But when I think about about you know sometimes people are like well if you don't stand and declare it like this and if you're not aggressive about this community or you're not aggressive about people who do this right then you're not standing for truth and I'm yeah. like well the way I read it is actually I'm supposed to come alongside in meekness and go there's a greater purpose my goal mm-hmm. isn't to have you not have an abortion my goal isn't to have you not do something my goal is actually have you fall in love with Jesus right. Right, and he will deal with issues in your life that are out of line. And if I if I choose meekness and go, look, yes, you're right. My Mm -hmm. personal conviction, the biblical conviction, even the cultural conviction, is this. But I'm choosing to surrender to what Mm -hmm. Christ wants as the ultimate goal, Mm -hmm. and come alongside you. Mm -hmm. And and even though you have different lifestyle than me, even though you are operate different. I'm going to choose to let love and meekness rule mm-hmm. the day because that's actually God. How God said you're going to create inherit there or inherit influence. Yeah, and I think um, I was reading inside of this as we were kind of preparing for this sermon series. I was reading inside of these notes um, was that Jesus is addressing something even completely different than what the conservative Pharisaic people would have wanted him to address it too. They, they would have been like, if you're going to, you're a carpenter, we don't get this, but if you're going to step into a place of influence and if people are going to call you rabbi as teacher and actually pull teaching from you and not from Nicodemus or from all these other people who were teaching at the time and influential, um, can you please just mention something about the Sabbath? Yeah. Like, can we talk about, the, can we please talk about the Sabbath? And, and in, no, in no way in Jesus' teaching did he ever dishonor the law, right? He says this in Matthew 5, like, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill so, the law. I mean, I'm reading, right. reading ahead, sorry, guys. But, <laughs> um, but 
Jesus doesn't go for that kind of stuff that everybody in the moment thought was so, 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 so important. And I've always loved that about our church's teaching philosophy from the very first, uh, you know, year that I was here and a part of this church family was like, you know, I had grown up in churches that were teaching specifically against things, right? And and was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, we need to teach against that so that people understand that it's wrong, so they don't do it, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> and people walk out of here feeling condemned, and it's great. And it's like, well, actually, no, no, no. If they actually have a genuine encounter with the person who is Jesus, and their lives are being transformed into His image, and they're filled with the power of Holy Spirit, and they're walking a life full of faith in that, then we don't have to have those conversations. Yep. I mean, yeah, we'll still have the conversations with them in, in relationship, in but relationship. we don't have to have those conversations uh, from, from a place of authority or influence yeah. on, on a platform, because guess what? God's going to have those conversations with them if they're genuinely seeking him. Yeah. And so like, you know, at that time it would have been really hot topic was like, you know, people who were Jews were fishing on the Sabbath uh, to try to get some extra money and, and to make sure that their fish weren't being taxed by the Romans because the Romans weren't taxing anything on the Sabbath because they were assuming people weren't working on the Sabbath, so people would go out and they get their largest haul on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were in under a lot of heat from the Romans because they're trying to... And and the Pharisees are like, Jesus, can you just say something about that? Like, I don't know if that conversation actually happened. I'm injecting some stuff in there culturally, but Jesus doesn't even address it. Right? He does talk about the Sabbath later on as a principle and as an idea, but the very crux and axiom of his message is so character, lifestyle, this is how you ought to be. But this is what I think as a pastor who has influence, yeah. right? And with a personal, all of us have that that sinful nature that's like, oh, I want power, I want authority, I want influence, right? I think that's why this season is so hard. Yes. Because I'm watching people's Facebook feeds that disagree with where my stance are, and I'm like, oh, let Let's me go. Out. <laughs> toe to toe. I, I'm going to take you. To, I'm going to take you to task. Listen, you are going to be schooled in a second here with with yeah. my mighty pen. Oh, right? we're going to do a porch drop right. off, and then we're going to have an hour long right. conversation like, on I, your I, porch. Definitely like typed. Oh my like, gosh! Full paragraph. Amber's gotten yeah. so angry at me because yes. I'm lying in or sitting up in my bed. I'm. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm responding to some stupid person." And she's like, "You will delete." I'm like, "I will," but I'm going to respond first. Yeah. Right. Because I'm just like that is so like, and then it's going. No, 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 no. What I have to be careful of is going, I am not who I am because yeah. of a hobby horse I have. That's right. I'm who I am as a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. and that trumps everything. And I can't use Jesus as my little my little card of, well, my way is right because this I cherry-picked this scripture and dropped it somewhere, right? Like we've talked about this one. I don't even know if I should bring it because it's going to rob it, Charles, but, but do not forsake the brethren. Like we've taken that out. We sure. cherry-pick it. We take it out of context. Yeah. We drop that as a nug and go, Come on, fight me. You can't beat me. I got scripture and Jesus on my side. And it's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, the meek. Blessed yeah. are the meek. Yeah. No, no, you don't you don't get to take Jesus and add him to your argument That's as right. the billy club that wins, right? It's like That's mom right. and dad, like, you'll clean your room because Jesus, godliness is next to cleanliness because Jesus folded his little face cloth when he rose from the dead. Yeah. Therefore, you must be clean. If you don't, God will strike you down and kill you. Like yeah. you, you also learn that like we don't we don't create doctrine from one single piece of scripture That's we right. create doctrine from at least three yeah. that actually genuinely in context agree with but, itself but right that, we have to be so careful because right now we keep trying to inject jesus into our philosophies yeah. of what works for us yeah. and we use him as the trump card i've used that now twice but use him as that that trump like okay no i win because jesus is on my side right mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you you can take the scripture and you can make it say what you want, but that's yeah. not that's not what we're called to do. But we're that's what you're called, saying, like the Phil yeah. the the, Phil sons, the 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 Pharisees. That's what they kept wanting to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus, and they, then they kept trying to question him because they're trying to catch him because yeah. they need him to act. Or the disciples are like, we need you to be a political leader, and yeah. you can even do it. Satan, decently. we need you to be a political leader. Everybody right. was trying to force yeah. Jesus into what they wanted from him. You can even do that decently, well-meaningly, right? Because yeah. people are asking real questions and you're trying to provide real answers. And so you want to create more of a topical, like, well, we're going to talk about this and therefore I'm going to pull from. And the real the real wisdom of, and I love listening to pastors and preachers who have such an honor for the integrity of the word of God because it's, it's like, no, no, I'm not going to pull that out of context. I'm going to direct you towards the person of Jesus. And as you encounter the person of Jesus, I trust that he is going to lead you into all truth, right? And so, and so I don't, we don't need to have this conversation necessarily. If we do have this conversation, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to direct you towards other perspectives. I'm trying to direct yeah. you towards meekness and teachability. I'm trying to re- direct you towards the characteristics of the kingdom. And I think you're 100% right if we were focused on these and developing these in our lives, I think our church would have a different place of influence. I think the majority of the problems that we're experiencing... But can I be honest with you? We would, and we do. And that's why I think our church is what it is. Mm -hmm. But you'll be attacked by other churches who are like, you're not strong enough. Sure. Right? Like, how much do we hear this? Let's not say about our church, but but, um, Hillsong, Bethel. Some of these churches that are out there, like you hear, like I think they, now there's a whole move that like, don't sing Hillsong worship and don't sing Bethel right. worship because yeah. their theology is bad because they don't stand strong against these issues. You're it, like, it, it's time for the church to stop being known for what they're against. It's right. time to be known for what we're for. We're for healing. We're for restoration. Mm-hmm. We're for living a life the way that Jesus exemplified. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can't be, you know, yes, we can be against sin, but if you look throughout Jesus' ministry, the Pharisees would bring instances. <laughs> They'd bring uh, a, a lady caught in adultery. And yeah. like, we're against adultery. What are you going to do with this right? one, Jesus? You know, yeah. And Jesus didn't say, you know, adultery is wrong. He was, he was what are he we said for? adultery is right. You're, sorry, yeah, right. no, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> be careful. No, adultery is wrong. Yes, yeah. um, but he, you know, he didn't, he didn't like judge her. What he did was show a different way of living, yeah. of demonstrating love. And right. I think if we demonstrate love, we win the relationships. It's like a marriage, right? I can be right and win an argument, but I lose in the relationship. Yeah. And if yeah. I win in the relationship, through that relationship, I can access an opportunity to speak truth mm-hmm. into their lives. And I think that's what we need to do as leaders. Right. We need to win the relationship first. Right. When you win the relationship, right. you win the person and you get the so opportunity good. to speak truth so in love, yeah. right? Speaking the truth in love, right? Britt, if you're listening, he loves you very much. He <laughs> yes. loves you very much. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Can, can I just, I have to throw this because this, this, I get this all the time and it just makes me angry because it's such a bad... Righteously thing. angry. Yeah, righteously. Yeah. Uh, the, well, I'm just preaching the truth. The gospel is offensive, you know, by nature. So if they're offended, sure. it's not my issue. And I'm like, have you... Have you read the life of Jesus? Because the only people who got offended at the life of Jesus was Pharisees and Sadducees. It was the religious leaders. The the secular, non-Jewish people, like the woman caught in adultery, wasn't offended, right? The the tax collectors weren't offended. The, the prostitutes weren't offended, mm-hmm. right? Because why? Because his message was... Uh, I, I'm more here about your soul than I'm about 
your lifestyle. So let's let's deal with that. Let, let's deal yeah. with that. And and Jesus was not one to shy away from hot topics. Like mm-hmm. you think about the uh, Jesus encounter with woman at the mal- uh, woman at the well outside of Samaria, right? Where like he's like uh, the the guy that you're with right now, he's not even your husband. It's like oh shoot but the heart posture of the conversation and the way that he had approached it was in a place of love mm-hmm. and it was a place of like she knew that she was in a safe place he wasn't condemning her but he yeah. was inviting her into an encounter with well, the Lord I mean, there's so a whole difficult other, right? there's a whole other story there that there's a lot of times that Jesus used people um, who by our standards in today's culture we would not use That's mm-hmm. right. but he wouldn't right. give them authority like the woman in the well who's living in actual you know against the 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 testament teachings mm-hmm. and then he's like now go tell the whole city like yeah. here's this woman living in what we would call living in sin as a as a cliche going out and being the preacher that brings the whole city to jesus mm-hmm. yeah we would be like no 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 you gotta you gotta get cleaned up you gotta get fixed you gotta get baptized you gotta go through our membership class you gotta denounce these things you gotta go to the here and then maybe we can use you mm-hmm. yeah and she's like no yeah. Just go ahead and yeah. tell everyone about me that you had this encounter. Yeah, it's so tough because I do genuinely think that the gospel can can offend you. It's offended me. It should. It's offended it's offended my yeah. way of living and it's offended the inconsistencies inside of me. Mm-hmm. I think that we take that and we say, well the the gospel is a brick wall that somebody just walking along just smacks their face on. It's like, see, you weren't living righteously. No, actually what Peter said was that the gospel for those who don't believe can be a stumbling block. And, and in that moment, I just see somebody like walking around and, and hitting something with their foot and stumbling on it and being like, what's happening? It's a moment of weakness where all of a sudden Jesus says, ah, see, now can I invite you into a better way of That's living? Right. How can I invite yeah. you into this? And it's so difficult when you all of a sudden like are talking to somebody who's had an experience at one of these churches where it's like, well, their theology doesn't line up or, or, or what have you. And you're like, yeah, but talk to them for half a second. Through, through what that church is doing, they've had an encounter with the person of Jesus, and they're walking forward healed and made whole, and and they're walking forward in a way where they can actually like like invite other people into a relationship with the Lord. But you're saying that that's wrong. Yeah. But you're saying what are you waiting for? What are you looking for? What do you need from that person in order to actually believe that that's the case? They're walking in this. Like this is Jesus, kind of precursor to the fruit of the Spirit. Right, like this is like you have to believe that Paul, as he's writing to Galatians later on, he or to the church, yeah, whatever you guess is him. But as he's writing that later on, like he would have heard of this teaching. Like Paul was, Paul was, you know, alive and learning during the ministry of Jesus. Right, would have been uh, under the teaching of Gamaliel. Would have been a part of like you know sitting in on Sanhedrin meetings and all that kind of jazz. He's got to hurt. Like th- if this is Jesus like manifest, if this is his, like, I want you to be known by this, you got to believe that they would have known that, that they would have known that these were his teachings, that maybe even Paul would have overheard some of his followers talking in this way. And now Paul is writing to a church, you know, tens of years later saying, by the way, have this fruit in your life as an extension of these things. So I'm always looking for that. I'm like, man, if somebody has something bad or negative to say about someone else or about another church, another movement or what have you, I'm like, well, okay, I want to see the fruit of Jesus in your life. And if I don't see the fruit of Jesus in your life, then I have a really hard time taking what you're saying at more than just, well, you're upset or you're frustrated and you're just kind of speaking out and maybe even abusing your influence. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of our axioms here at Movement is you can belong before you believe. And I think that gives permission for people to enter into a conversation. I think if I'm being a hundred percent transparent, sometimes I, my heart breaks when I see people post on social media in the name of God, 
that you have to you have to get clean. You, you know, they preach truth, and there's nothing wrong with the truth, but it's not in relationship. And it, it makes me want to give up on that uh, expression of Christianity. Why, why do we do that? Why, why do we build up such a lobby against something when we can be mm-hmm. for something? And, and I think that... Well, I'll tell you what, as a pastor, where, what I think the temptation is of why, why we'd go there as a pastor. I, I don't know individuals, but as a pastor, individuals, I think it's because they've been taught that that's truth. And therefore, we're supposed to tell truth. And, and I'm not arguing that we're supposed to tell truth. I'm just with you. I'm like, truth is better given over coffee and relationship and intimacy than it is from a pulpit looking down on people, right? Like, I, I think in the sense of like, if I'm going to have to call out sin in someone's life, it's because I'm in relationship with them. Sure. I love them. They know that love. They, yeah. they value that love. And I leverage that relationship to have that conversation. Yeah. In the pulpit, I'm called to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Right. That that's what I'm called to preach. I'm not called to preach lifestyle moralistic. I'm called and then let them. But what I think happens, Jonathan, that that I I know that has been temptations in my own life, is you can create great followings by being aggressive, 100%. right? So so there is a segment of people. Like, like let's even put it this way: in today's world, COVID, right? Um, Studies come out and say majority of people in Ontario agree with stricter lockdowns. Majority of people in Ontario agree with the vaccination. But the the minority could still be two million people, right? Like the minority sure. isn't a isn't like just like, oh well, they're just like this little insignificant number. It could still be two million people, still a minority. Right, still majority. That's 70 percent of people agree in it, but these two million people have a voice. Well, if you sit in that spot, you can become an influencer mm-hmm. in two million, and also you can sell two million books. You can grow your church by YouTube page by two million people. You you can do all of that by sitting in those things and get that influence that we as leaders want to have. Mm-hmm. Right. So by sitting in that fringe, you can be like, yeah, I I'm there, and so you can go into those spots because by being aggressive. You can reach a different set of people. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, where I'm with you, John, hopefully your heart is, I'm trying to reach them and right. not just like, this actually feels an insecurity of mine that I wanted to not have a church of of 500. I wanted a church of 1,000. I didn't want to have a church. I wanted to have a church of 3,000. And I'm fueling that by being this way. Yeah, I think you see that in the longevity of the movement, right? And it was addressed in Jesus' time as well. There were many people that came forward as false messiahs. They came forward, and you have to believe that probably the internal desire that they had was to create influence for themselves. Um, not, I don't think all of them were malicious. Some of them might have been misled, right? But people had come before, and, and you even hear that we're talking about the Sanhedrin. You're kind of reading forward into the New Testament, but you talk about Gamaliel's address, right, to say like, well, there's been people that have come before. If if this is really God, we'll, we'll see it last longer than, right? I think movements that are built on people trying to create something for themselves with perhaps really faulty motives or with with not necessarily like malicious motives, but, but malicious. Im- impure motives, right, that, that aren't necessarily directing people just towards Jesus and mm-hmm. towards a healthy perspective on living, towards a meekness, towards a teachability and a submission towards authority, right, you you run the risk of those movements not just being unhealthy for the season that they are, but being very short-lived. Yeah. Right? But there's no longevity inside of them. And, and inversely, and we've talked about this before, 
you are you're scratching an itch to people that is not the same itch that Jesus would have scratched, if you know yeah, what I'm saying. 100%. And so then you will reap what you've sowed into that. That's one of the most powerful things I think you've shared in this season is to like, if you are building an influence based off of taking angry and aggressive people or taking people that are naturally divisive and just fueling their passions and their desires into it, then in six months, those people will still naturally be divisive, angry, frustrated people, and you will not be able to quench their desire anymore. And and guess what? The actual teaching was to, to bring them to Jesus, to bring yeah. them to the foot of the cross, yeah. and to encourage them into a kingdom character, kingdom That's lifestyles right. of meekness, of being poor in spirit, of... I don't want to read too much into the Beatitudes, because yeah. I'm, I'm going to ruin next weekend. Oh, but, it's, you know. it's so good. I, I, think that, I think that social media exacerbates this it, it, it propels and magnifies this we we see the stats if you've seen the social experiment it shows that you yeah. are presented with content that confirms your bias and right. so now you have confirmation bias and an endless scroll and so it's like yeah 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 oh that one doesn't stick out i'm gonna you know i'm gonna you, fight you know what's it. funny for me that i just uh, on the social because i'm a cons- i'm a pastor Right, I'm automatically on social media put into that conservative right. spot. Right, and what's funny is most of the conservative things that I'm disagreeing. I'm like, why do I keep? Why am I getting all this? Right. I want the stuff that fuels my idea, but yeah. it's because generally, if you look at the rest of my stuff, yeah. it's all conservative yeah. based. Well, right? that's, that's it's very very difficult to use social media to justify the angst that's inside of you. Right, like right. You, I mean, you brought this up. This idea of like the majority of people would like you know stricter lockdowns want you know covid measures to be in place and all that kind of jazz and i'm like i just want to know who those people are i want to have a genuine conversation with those people and so like a few nights ago probably in a less healthy mode should have been reading matthew 5 wasn't reading matthew 5 you know saw you know uh, a video with you know uh, Doug Ford talking about COVID measures that are in place. And this is a couple of weeks ago. So it's like right at the beginning of the stay at home order and all that kind of jazz. And, uh, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to see what the consensus is. So I'll go to the comment section, super healthy decision <laughs> to do. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I went to the comment section and I'm reading through these comments and there's not a single comment. There's like 27,000 views on this video, the six, 700 comments. And there's not a single comment that's in favor and supportive. Right. And I'm just, yeah, it's fueling my fire. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is dumb. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm confused. Like, and then I'm like realizing like, oh man, I'm just being fed like what I wanted to see. Well, like, and, literally, right? And the thing is like, it, it's been shown like that there's, there's the radical left and the radical right. And those represent about 10 to 15% of the entire population. Mm-hmm. And then there's this study that shows that it, there's a tired majority, which is sits in the middle or, and, and that tired majority yeah. is being forced to pick a side like, right. or, or being conditioned to think that they have to lean a certain yeah. way. Right. And the reality is what Matthew five is telling us is to live a different way. Act is calling us right. to live a different way. That's countercultural. Yeah. And so that would be my encouragement to anyone that's listening. Read Matthew 5. If we spend mm-hmm. as much time as we did mm-hmm. on social media in our Bibles, our lives would be transformed. Yeah. We would be different people. We would be the salt and the light that the Bible is calling oh, us. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, spoiler alert. Yeah. Read Matthew 5. Like It, it will transform yes. you if yes. you allow it to. Read yes. it in different translations. Soak it up. Do some study on the comments 
commentaries. Like, learn what other people are saying about this because yeah. it, and there's it, a lot of free commentaries online. There is. Yeah, there and is. listen and listen to the messages on Sunday. This is where we are. Is mm -hmm. we're camping for three weeks. Is just sitting on this scripture more and just exposing. It. I, maybe I, more than maybe I more legit, than three weeks. Yeah. I could read Matthew five every single day and pull something from it. And, and I should it, read it, Matthew yeah. five every single day. You should. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that what you're talking about with that tired majority because I think. Our, initially when reading this, if I'm being honest and vulnerable, like when I read this, it sounds like an apathetic way of living. Like those, you know, be meek. You'll inherit the kingdom of God at some point in time. Right? Like it's like, no, no, Jesus is encouraging, encouraging us to an active lifestyle, yes. yeah. to seeking after the kingdom of God in our yeah. life and to choosing to willfully That's submit. That's the higher meek, priority. Right? Yeah. So then I got to bring this into a conclusion because I don't want to, we could be here forever. That's why I'm doing an entire, uh, however long series on this. Oh, nice. Right. Open-ended. Open-ended. Well done. Yeah. Um, but here's what I want to say. Being meek doesn't mean not having convictions. Right. Right. Being meek doesn't mean not believing in truth. That we're not saying that. We want you to have convictions. Maybe your convictions are different than mine. I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to judge that. What being meek is is saying, I'm willing to lay down the aggressive tone of taking Jesus and using him as a reason for why my convictions are better than your convictions and then broadcasting that. What we're saying is let's choose to go, yes, I have authority. I have power. I have a right to speak on this. I believe in truth. I believe there is a right way to live your life and a wrong way to live your life. I believe those things. I believe Christ calls us to, to, in relationship, talk truth to others. But instead of using it as a power card of a Facebook post to drop a truth, to have someone agree with your side of the argument, because we're all living in a frustrated world right now, we're actually called to provide hope, love, grace, and mercy. And if I'm so consumed with winning a fight, if I'm so consumed with teaching others what my personal viewpoint is, I'm actually going to lose on inheriting the earth and having influence in the earth. I want to point people in this season not towards a political party, not towards a stay-at-home order, not towards a whatever. I want to point people to that in the midst of all this chaos, there is life, there is hope, and his name is Jesus, and that's who it is. And I want to make sure that we go, man, I, I got to read my Bible and not take what I want Jesus to say and be like all the people around Jesus and the crowds that followed him, which we talked about two weeks ago in our service, the crowd that followed him because they wanted him to do something. I feel like one of the disciples that says, hey, I'm willing to move past the crowd, get along with you, Jesus, and hear what is it that you're really teaching me and let that mark my life, that my life should look different because I'm authentically a follower of Christ. Listen, thanks so much for joining us and being with us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave us a comment. And if this conversation actually has impacted you and you're thinking of somebody else who they would be impacted by it, would you do us a favor? Would you send them a link, DM them a link and let them know, hey, this is a great conversation about how to walk deeper with Christ. Thanks so much for checking us out. Can't wait to hear from you and see you next week on On the Couches.